0: Welcome to the Let's K-12 Better podcast. My name is Amber Coleman-Mortley, and these are my kids.
1: Hi!
0: For some time, we've wanted to start our podcast, but during our super busy regular lives, we've said we didn't have the time to do it, and we put it on the back burner. Well, now that we're in shelter in place, we've taken this time to pursue this interest, to start a discussion online, and hopefully to gain some sort of momentum around how do we better improve K-12 education so that kids, parents, and educators can thrive.
1: In our podcast, we will cover a variety of subjects involving K-12 education. We will talk about the ways that parents, kids, and
2: educators can improve education. We encourage you to join our discussion on social media using the hashtag Let'sK12Better.
0: All right, so let's jump into our first episode. We're going to talk about schooling through an apocalypse. A couple months ago, I watched Daybreak on Netflix. Uh, Daybreak is a series on Netflix. It only has one season. I don't think it's coming back for a second season. Um, it's a zombie apocalypse type of thing where a virus ended up killing out all of the adults, or at least just turning them into zombies. And then there are teenagers and middle schoolers um, who are running around running society, essentially. So if you think about Ferris Bueller's Day Off meets any zombie movie you've ever seen, um, that's the kind of feel that this series uh, kind of creates. In this series, you have your protagonist. Um, He is a young man. He's not necessarily like the smartest kid of the pack. He's not necessarily like the loser kid of the pack. He's just your regular average kid. I'm um, falling in love with a girl, can't find her. And now he's decided to uh, spend his entire time searching for his first love, Sam. So I'm not going to give up too much of this and spoil too much of this, but you do need a bit of background. So you got a kid who's running around trying to find his high school sweetheart um, during a zombie apocalypse. Uh, Now, society's restructuring. You have the different cliques that you have in high school. So you have, like, the jocks. You have, uh, like, the nerds. You have, like, the international kids. You have the cheerleaders. um, And you have, like, a couple other groups, right? And they all have decided to take over these different sections of their city. um, And those are their territory. So, like, different kids have gone to pledge their loyalty to these different groups um, that are the stereotypical high school groups uh, so that they have safety and that they have belonging and they have uh, structure. Now, there are two adult characters um, in this series that I thought were super interesting because they're the only really two adults that have, like, survived this time. You have your principal and then you have uh, the teacher. And so in it, the principal, it turns out, Actually, spoiler alert, it turns out that the principal is actually zo- a zombie, right? Like, he is a zombie. Like, he's even, like, like eating, like, some of the kids. It's really insane. It's actually hilarious. Um, and then you have the teacher who, before the apocalypse, really, really wanted to connect with her students. But it was, like, you know, a miss. Um, She's a science teacher. She really wants to connect with her students, but just can't seem to find a way to connect um, that's genuine and authentic. And then after the apocalypse, the kids are afraid that she is going to actually eat them, but she she doesn't because she doesn't want to, right? She doesn't have any desire to eat these kids um, now that she's some sort of morphed zombie type thing, right? So the reason I bring this up, I thought it was super interesting having watched this prior to Um, COVID-19 and just thinking about the ways in which the K-12 education machine um, is still trying to function business as usual during these unprecedented times. Uh, Many districts, you know, have decided, okay, like, this is happening. We're going to throw out technology out there, um, giving students and educators tutorials on how to use uh, video webinar platforms or not. Right. Taking a stance not to, um, you know, providing resources online or packets online um, because K-12 education has to keep going. Um, and in this movie, I thought it was super interesting that the two adult main characters that are left here, like the principal, you know, he's trying to create some semblance of law and order amongst uh, the student body that's spread out amongst the town and has their own little territories. But he still serves as like, you know, there is order and I am the authority figure here and that students need to listen to me. Um, And then you still have this educator who in many ways, even though, you know, she is an adult, she's still trying to figure out ways to connect with the students, to be useful for the students, um, to provide some sort of resource for these students during this really insane time. And during this series, I, it's really crazy because, you know, it's a zombie movie. So like, you have kids who are fighting over territories, like, it's like Lord of the Flies, you know, fighting over territory. You have students who are like, this is, you know, creating their own law, right? Like out of this lawlessness and rules out of like this insane period of time. And the whole thing, no one during the series has stopped. None of the kids, none of the adults have stopped to say, wait, this is a zombie apocalypse we're in y'all. Like, how are we still, you know, doing things like, planning a prom or the kids who are the popular kids, still the popular kids or, you know, like how are we not analyzing the ways in which uh, schooling uh, is still going? Why haven't we decided to stop and pivot and take a moment to, to reflect on what has and has not worked. And so like for me, you know, after a couple weeks of, and actually not even a couple, like after the first week of online school and helping, you know, my third grader log in unsuccessfully the first time to our Zoom meeting, harassing my middle schooler to make sure that she made it to her classes on time, even though she's super conscientious, um, or just checking in with my fifth grader and saying, hey, did you get that in? Hey, what are you doing? Hey, is there something happening right now, all while I'm trying to work? I was like, this is really insane. Um, I'm a mom who works full time. Um, I love K-12 education. I love school. I am a fan of learning uh, and being a lifelong learner. But I do think that there is an opportunity here for parents uh, to analyze, you know, what is the purpose of school in our children's lives, right? Um, For administrators, you know, principals, school board leaders, you know, to think like, we are providing a service to the community. What is the purpose of K-12 schools? Uh, For teachers to say, what is the purpose of K-12 schools in my life and in my students' lives? And then for kids to also analyze, like, you know, what is the purpose of schools? What is the purpose of its structure? What is it supposed to provide me so that I am prepared um, to be a high functioning member of society? Uh, when this whole thing is done, and so, after watching that whole series of daybreak months ago and then having this like moment like, "Oh oh my god, like this is kind of like daybreak, right where you know we still have admins holding on to the structure, the structure of k twelve schools is this an archaic structure? Does this structure serve all kids and um in this moment of breakdown where we have inequities that are exposed and on full display um, across all states in this country and in, in every city in this country, you know, where can we kind of take a moment to say, what are we doing? Can we take a moment to say, what are we doing? Should school go on business as usual during a moment of trauma? I'm reading a lot about Um, Educators who are unable to connect with their students or educators who have students who have not shown up to their virtual classes um, or students who are emailing them frantically um, because they're worried about their grades and there's a lot of distractions that are going on in their home. Um, School serves a variety of purposes for um, students, you know, it's not just a place of learning. Sometimes it's a place of ref- refuge. Other times it's a place uh, where they can explore their identity. There's a place for them to be safe and to connect with others, to be exposed to new ideas. This moment where we are frantically holding on to normalcy, we also need to take a moment to think about, like, moving forward, how do we want this to be? How do we want this to be better? Um, Are students benefiting from us continuing business as usual? Um, Some students are, and then some students are not. And how do we, you know, meet the needs of every student in this time? And then what can we learn from this time that we can carry on with us uh, to improve K-12 education? So we're not in a A zombie apocalypse, obviously, right now. Um, You know, all of the adults haven't just turned into zombies. You know, no principals are eating kids. But I will say COVID-19 is just a great opportunity for all of us, no matter where we are, um, to think about what is the purpose of K-12 education? Um, think about things like how do I foster social, emotional learning uh, and community building in my own home during a time when my own child does not have access to their classroom, their teacher um, or the students at their school. Um, and so, you know, we're just gonna, I'm gonna ask the kids to share a couple of their own reflections on this experience uh, with COVID-19 and learning from home and some of the things that they, epiphanies that they have had in this, during this time. So we're gonna talk about um, some of the things that we are pursuing, passions that we're interested in, that we've been working on during this shelter in place. So, Sophia, would you like to share some of the things that you've been pursuing during this time? I've been
2: playing Legos, and I've been playing um, games with my family, going outside, and doing dances.
0: Cool. That's awesome. Garvey, how about you?
1: I've been growing my YouTube channel, which has helped me with the video editing skill, and I have also been working on my lacrosse skills.
0: Awesome. Two great things. All right, Naima, how about you?
2: I've been journaling every night. I've been drawing. I've been learning how to skateboard when we go outside. And I've been cooking a lot.
0: Awesome. So these are all really cool things that you guys are pursuing. Um, what are some of the ways that school has changed significantly for you during this time? Garvey.
1: Um, so it's harder to communicate with your teachers because everybody knows that your teacher's not going to be sitting at their computer waiting for an email. Of course, there's times that they do sit at their computer and wait for an email. But usually, in order to communicate, ask a question with your teachers, you have to wait hours, minutes, even if, like, you have an assignment due the same day. It doesn't matter. Like, you still have to wait and you still have to...
0: Okay, so it's a little bit harder to connect with uh, teachers except during like office hours and stuff like that. Okay, cool. How about you, Naima? Um,
2: for me, it's changed significantly because my teacher, it's usually just one school day, but now our teacher has set up like multiple Zoom meetings and you have to be there on time. So you're going to miss something very important.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, that aspect of it is uh, it's really challenging. I know I will say that I definitely have missed someone's Zoom meeting, not on purpose, but by accident. So that that is definitely a significant change. It's not just one drop off at the door. We're now doing multiple show ups on Zoom channels. Sophia, is there anything that you want to share that's different or significantly different for you? Um,
2: I think what's different is so like. Everyone, like, has to, some people talk at the same time, and it's really confusing to tell which person is, like, talking or, like, and, like, some people, um, like, everyone, like, has questions about everything, and everyone's, like, confused.
0: So Zoom communication is a little bit challenging when you're virtually. But rather than in class, you just hold your hand up, and then the teacher can see you and point you out but on zoom there is the hand raise um part but it's just a little bit different and then everyone's like, and then everyone's like boom 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 raising their hand yeah okay so uh garvey you said you want to add one more thing
1: mm-hmm. it's also very inequitable because some kids it like for us we're very fortunate we have enough Um, electronics where everybody can like go on their zoom meeting at the same times and like stuff like that. But some kids, their zoom meeting is at the same time or minutes apart and their other sibling has something to do and they can't make it. And it's yeah.
0: Yeah. So we have to think about the ways in which technology touches people differently um, and the way that uh, different families can meet the expectations that are set uh, by the school. So thank you for bringing that up and thank you for lifting up equity. That's awesome. When this is all over, what is one thing or a couple things that you're looking forward to?
2: I'm looking forward to seeing my friends and seeing all my teachers. And um, I'm looking forward to all the specials. And I'm looking forward to going back to the usual schedule and doing a lot of math.
0: When this is all over, what are you looking forward to?
1: Better communication. Meaning? Like the teachers can answer my questions faster.
0: Essentially you've missed a whole normal fourth quarter. Um, how does that make you feel about next year?
2: That makes me feel kinda messed up because um I was supposed to like move on to the next grade and be really ready for it, but now I'm kinda feel like I kinda feel like it's not really gonna be easier anymore because we got all the prep work done, we got ready, we were supposed to like get a like tour and like get let get a summary of what the next grade was going to be like but now that's not even going to happen because we aren't going to be physically at
0: school what is the impact of missing this much school like how do you think it's going to affect you so since we're doing so much review
1: Because I think the teachers are just trying to have us do something. So we're not just playing games all day or doing whatever we want to do all day. Um, Next year, it's going to be harder, at least for us, because the stuff that we're supposed to be learning in this time is this time that we're wasting on reviewing instead of moving on.
0: So we're going to talk about some of the benefits that you have experienced um, being in the classroom. Right. What are some benefits of in the classroom and then what are some benefits of this time right now when you're not in the classroom
2: the benefits of being in the classroom is you can physically see your teacher and understand what she's saying better but the benefits of being at home are that you can just have you have freedom and flex the freedom and flexibility to complete your assignments whenever in between when you got it and when it's due another benefit Is that um, if you have like a normal routine, um, you can kind of work your school day into it, not just have six straight hours.
0: Those are all really great points. So thank you so much for sharing those. I like that. So in the classroom, you have the physical teacher there. She can see everybody. She can call on people a lot easier than virtually, right? Um, But at home, you have flexibility to complete your work. And then there's also flexibility of integrating that schoolwork into other passions and other things that you're doing. I try to provide space for my kids to reflect on... The things that they're feeling or the experiences that they're having during this time, Um, you know, some people like, oh, write a journal, write a reflection journal, you know, keep a journal of what's going on around you. This is a historic moment. You know, not everyone has time to do that, but I would definitely make sure that you as a parent, um, check in with your kids every now and then to say, hey, like, how is this moment impacting you right now? What are the things that you're experiencing with school that resonate with you um, that you are loving right now? And then what are the things that, you know, aren't so awesome that you miss? Maybe Uh, let's talk about that. Each episode, we are going to
2: share quotes that we think are inspirational, and we are going to share what we think they mean. Hi, I'm Sophia, and my quote comes from Shirley Chisholm. Shirley Chisholm was an American politician, educator, and author. She was the first black woman elected to Congress in 1968 And in 1972, became the first black candidate for a major political party. Quote, you don't make progress by standing on the sidelines, whimpering and complaining. You make progress by implementing ideas. What does that mean to you? I think that means by if you, like, don't do anything
1: to help your goal, you you won't get anything done. This is Garvey, and my quote is from Estee Lauder. She was an American beautician and business executive who started a beauty company with skin cream, which was developed by her uncle. Then, years later, she developed her own cosmetic company. The quote from her is, I didn't get there by wishing for it or hoping for it, but by working for it.
0: What does this quote mean to you?
1: It means that, Just sitting around won't get you your dreams. You have to actually work hard. This is Naima.
2: My quote is from Michelle Obama, a lawyer, author, and the 44th First Lady. She helped campaign for President Obama's election, supported women, and supported women all around the world. And not just women. She donated to charities, supported causes in need, and helped in the community. My quote is... One of the lessons that I grew up with was to stay true to yourself and never let what anybody says or does distract you from your goals. Michelle Obama. This quote means to me, what this quote means to me is that even like in times like this where there's a pandemic like coronavirus or like other epidemics and pandemics that are spreading or that are causing us to stay home, you can still pursue your dream and you can still do what you need to do. Like you can still work. You can still say you have a YouTube channel. You can still do that because that's mostly a home project. You can still draw. You can still write. You can still do these things. You're just at home.
0: My quote comes from Corazon Aquino, Filipino politician and first woman president of the Philippines in 1986. Faith is not simply a patience that passively suffers until the storm is passed. Rather, it is a spirit that bears things with resignations, yes, but above all, with blazing, serene hope. I'd love to hear your thoughts about this quote. Share your ideas on social media or in the comments. Each podcast, we will host a Democracy at Home segment where we talk about the ways in which we bring democratic practices into our home, the ways that we serve as civic actors, or the ways that we better serve our community. During this time, there's been a lot of language around teachers as heroes or parents realizing the challenges of educating students. Um, And so I would just like to remind parents that. Informed voting needs to come into play as we approach November. Um, It's not necessarily about a specific party. It's more each and every one of us uh, taking informed action to read up on who has donated to our candidates' campaigns. How, if they're an incumbent, how have they voted in the past on issues that have impacted our family? Um, What are the ways in which uh, they have listened to their constituent feedback or not, right? Uh, Each and every one of us, our vote is a nod for or against something, right? And so if K-12 education is important, I would definitely say that you pay close attention uh, to the ways in which your candidates and your incumbents um, have uh, put education either at the front or on the back burner during this time period being an informed voter is definitely um, a journey you got to do a little bit of research I can't say that I'm extremely perfect um, 100% of the time with this uh, but I will say that I felt a lot better leaving the ballot box uh, after reading up on my candidates so leading up to November, I will share nonpartisan resources um, that we'll be using to help us make better decisions and that hopefully you will find helpful as well. Thank you
2: for joining us on our first episode of the Let's K-12 Better
1: podcast. Please like, subscribe and share.
0: We want to hear from you. Please connect with us on social media at Mom of All Capes everywhere and then share your ideas and input from this episode using the hashtag Let's K12 Better. That's hashtag L E T S K12 B E T T E R. See you next time.